There we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of How I Teach Golf. For the first time, I am going to go stateside and talk to my good friend, Kevin Roman. Kevin, how are you? I'm great, Duncan. Uh, pleasure to be on your podcast. Thanks. Good to hear you. Haven't, uh, when was the last time we spoke? November? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, so, Kevin, uh, tell me about you growing up, how you got into the game, and pretty much how you ended up at your facility that you're at now. Yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, I played all sports growing up. Uh, my favorite was basketball, which I continued to play through high school. But at the age of 13, um, a couple guys after our basketball season ended happened to go out to a, a nine-hole college course across the street and played a few holes, and I fell in love with it. And that I conned my parents after we took a spring trip vacation to Florida to give me a set of golf clubs. And after that, it was pretty much golf, except for when it was basketball season. Um, from there, I worked as an assistant pro up in upstate New York. And about 14 years ago, actually 15 now, I went to a great club in Atlanta called Cherokee Town and Country Club. Mm-hmm. Start, started as an assistant there, and I was, got pretty busy teaching, so he made me the, a teacher. Ended up being director of instruction there. And really, just before the deadline for the resumes here, I found out about this job out of by pure accident. And now I'm out at Monterey Peninsula Country Club, which I hope it's the last place I'm at. <laughs> I mean, from your face, from your Facebook updates, Kevin, there's a lot of people that would be very jealous of where you work. It, it just looks an absolutely phenomenal place. Uh, and you know, I have a hard time out here because it's usually about 60 to 65. Literally, it seems like every day of the year. So I don't even know what month it is, day it is, or season it is. So <laughs> it, it's it's pretty awesome. I'm very very blessed. So tell me about the facility, um, you know, uh, yep. how many holes and all that. Just take, give us a little rundown of everything you got there. Okay, yeah, it's awesome. It's 36 holes. Um, we've got what we call a dunes course and a shore course. Both are ranked in the top 100 in the country here. The mm-hmm. dunes was newly re- re- uh, renovated, and it was ranked number one renovation in America uh, this past yeah. year. So that's really good. We have the... Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the shore course is one of the courses in the rotation. Mm -hmm. And approximately, we're thinking 2020, they're going to start alternating between the dunes course and the shore course, which will be be pretty nice. Um, As you've seen, we've got two driving ranges. And one of them was ranked real high. um, But they just, when they did the renovation, built a driving range right down, literally looking out over the ocean, about 300 yards away that just... I don't know of any better one in the country or the world for that matter. That's great. And where, whereabouts do you teach uh, in relation to those in those driving ranges? Are you on the one that's straight towards the ocean? We'll go back and forth a lot. Um, some members like it here because their clubs are here. And it's fortunate because sometimes if it's a little windy down there or possibly the wind's out of the wrong direction, we'll work up here at the upper range. Um, it does close two afternoons a week for maintenance. So those times I'm down at the ocean range for sure, but you get a mix of where members want to go. So I go back and forth a bunch of times during the day. Wow. And then uh, what type of lessons can you give out at, uh, at Monterey? Can you give, 
you do you don't do, i know you just don't do full swing because i know a lot of the certifications you've got and bits and pit and the experience you've got not just of you know playing in regional events but you played in a couple of majors as well is it two majors you played in yes sir yeah, yeah I played so in the 93 us open and the 2009 pga so how did you go from being a player i presume you wanted to play the tour full time to becoming a teacher and how did that transition happen and who were your influences yeah um really you know like everybody else you wanted to be a player looking back on it i realized i hated traveling and i'd miss a lot of events like by one my wife used to say how can you always miss by one and that gets to <laughs> me that gets into the psychology i think somewhere where i knew i wanted to be home and i'd find a way to screw it up at the end okay and so i really didn't mind not playing i had i was 32 at the time uh, when i decided you know that was enough was enough i didn't really miss trying to travel i enjoy playing I enjoy competition, but I'm not into wanting to travel the country playing. And when I took the assistance job at Cherokee, you know, teaching was the least of my thoughts of where I was going to go. And I was kind of led while I was too busy teaching. So I had to go one way or the other. And I ended up going to teaching part, which was really the greatest blessing I could have had from a career perspective. It's interesting because that, almost mirrors what um what the great john jacobs what happened with john he was at sandy lodge golf club i think i'm right in 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 what the story i'm going to tell in that john wanted to play a little bit more so he went and spoke to the committee and asked to put his lesson fee up either three or four times the amount what he was currently charging so that he could play more Uh, because he thought no one would pay that and he actually got busier so he stopped (laughs) so he stopped playing started teaching and, and the rest is history when it comes to John Jacobs. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I didn't hear that story. That's pretty good. So what's, um, so you started teaching, you're getting busy teaching and then how did you, uh, who were your influences and uh, kind of mentors and that sort of stuff? Cause I know you do a lot of uh, seminars and conferences and, and, and developing yourself. Yeah. You know, I was listening to uh Stan Utley podcast the other day mm. and I'm probably kind of along his lines of everything that I've learned at some point I was probably taught by someone yeah so you know there's I hate to say I don't have any original ideas but you know we branch upon what we've learned and find other ways to communicate it but my biggest influence was uh and I believe one of your biggest influences Jim Hardy who was influenced yeah. by John Jacobs yeah. Uh, you know, Chris O'Connell and Jim and what they've done for me and my ability to quickly get students to improve has been better than anything else I've learned really from anybody. Um, you know, Mark Sweeney with Aimpoint gives me a lot of short game stuff. James Seekman's been a great help. Stan Utley, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, I used to take a couple of lessons down in Florida from Craig Shanklin. Mm-hmm. So you know, just seeing different teachers and a lot of seminars, you meet a lot of the great teachers around the world and you always learn something from everybody. So everybody thinks they know it. No, nobody really knows it all. Yeah. Knows a better way to communicate it. So you're always trying to pick the brains of other teachers as yourself. And it's really the way we are teachers. Yeah. So what happens in a, in, a, in a lesson with you then, Kevin? How do people... You know, how do people book in for a lesson and then kind of 
what's the process? What, what kind of happens? Yeah, um, we have an online system here we use, and some of the members will use that. They'll call the golf shop, or, you know, I'll get a lot of texts or emails. Do you have time today? And I'll just try to, to get people in. Mm-hmm. So once they book that, when they come here to the club, I'm always, you know, waiting for them. But basically, we do whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. I do everything from club fitting to short game, long game lessons. And, you know, and a big part of where I'm coming from, I come from a playing background. So competitive golf with some of the better players here is a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy getting out there and working on all facets of the game with them. So usually in a lesson, um, it's either, like I said, typically a half hour, hour, most people come. A few people mm-hmm. book a few hours at a time. But we'll cover what they want to have done. And if we've accomplished that, I always like to spend a little bit of time pitching or putting at the end to, to see where they are. Or just working on the routine to say, okay, under tournament pressure, how do you take this to the golf course better? And we work on a lot of routine type stuff too. So we really try to cover everything from the psychological competitive uh, angle along with the technical and physical part. Brilliant. And what do you, what technologies do you use um, to achieve, to achieve their wants and needs to achieve their goals and, you know, and your goals out of the lesson? Yeah, we use a V1 system. So all the lessons are recorded and sent to a member was what we've, what we've done. Um, we've got a Sam putt lab. I've got a body track, track man, the GC quad. We have that. Um, I don't want to leave. I'm sure I'm leaving a lot of things out. Uh, the, bla- <laughs> the blast motion sensors. So really, yeah. you know, lots of different things. And because not everybody sees, feels, or hears, or learns the same way. So you're always mm-hmm. looking for a way that even though I'm saying similar things to a student with the same mistake, I have to find the best way for them to understand it and, and communicate with them so they can take that to the course and, and really change pretty quickly. Great. And then do you find that there's, do you get, do you get any commonalities between the lessons as in, I hate to say this, but do a lot of your members slice or hook more or top or what do you, mm-hmm. what do you tend to see the most of? Yeah, that, that was interesting. I had a gentleman today and I was actually talking about that and, you know, traditional good player in the out club head gets a little bit too far behind is came saying, I don't have a lot of compression picking it. He's really catching the ball on the upswing. So his bottom was occurring in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came out here, at this club, I find that more people, and I said to him, I probably have 75% people who are too shallow and hooky, pushy, something like that, and mm-hmm. 25% that slice. So it's kind of different than what most people would say they see. And, you know, I was brought to my attention, Chris O'Connell, we were talking a couple of times, and he's mentioned that in our seminars that, you know, stand on the range and just watch people. You'd be surprised how many are shallow versus steep slicers or anything like that. So I think at a club like this, a lot of good players, they've been successful in what they've done. So they've had time to really take some lessons and improve when they were younger. So I see mostly shallow end out pushing and hooking type golfers. So you would say that the majority of better players in your experience are more into out shallow uh, fighting a hook or struggling to get long irons in the air, that type of thing. And then, of the more uh, 
the higher handicap golfers, the more recreational golfers, then there might be more slices. Would that be fair? Yeah, yeah, they definitely. Yeah. You know, you're going to come into that, and as you know, some people just see the game differently. See, and down as a Ferris wheel straight game, and some yeah. see it more around as a, uh, like a better word, merry ground or hockey style game. Yeah, and you know, keeping the people in that makes lessons a lot more successful than trying to rework their system. Yeah, fantastic, excellent. Now, Kevin, if you if if um. We're gonna we're gonna allow you still to stand on the range, your beautiful range at Monterey Peninsula. But I'm only gonna give you a hundred dollars to set up the academy there. So um, how are you gonna spend that hundred dollars? You know, the big thing that I want to make sure is I have the tools, and right now we use the iPad and video that the person can see and understand it. Because usually, what we feel we're doing, we're not doing. So the biggest thing I would say the person needs to have some be, uh, physical or video feedback. And mm -hmm. I'm big into letting them see it. They're like, I didn't do that. And I'm like, well, here it is. You did do that. <laughs> so it makes my job easier. I don't have to argue with them to try to get them to convince them that the ball going left is because they're swinging right, because that yeah. doesn't make logical sense. Mm hmm so, uh, and uh, like a swing app or something like that, that they yeah. can, that they can see what's on there. So that'd be your that'd be your biggest thing. Anything else? You know, you use them all. I do a lot of. To me, the one of the best putting devices that I'm pretty adamant of, and I was fortunate with Chris and Jim to go to a lot of tournaments with Matt Kuchar and see a lot of the pros. Is the Dave Peltz Putting Tutor. Um, yeah. I think that putting device to me is one of the greatest things because when it comes to putting. To me, the face is going to be king, and that's going to teach you to worry about starting the ball online. So yeah. to me, even from my personal, I try to spend five to ten minutes a day when I'm getting ready for events on that device. And I know if I can get the ball started online, there's a good chance I'm going to putt decently because I usually have pretty good speed control. So Very good. Those two items, I think, are, in, are invaluable. And I usually have the student, even if they don't have an app, because um, we have a national membership here, a lot of people, is just to send me videos. And they send them right to my phone. I'll just take it, upload it, and send it back to them. You know, and to me, that's part of what I do for our members. I honestly don't charge them for that. So mm -hmm. I'll get members. They send the video in. They're in Chicago. Here's a video. What do you think? And then when they come back, I'll, I'll meet with them one-on-one. -on -one. But I do a lot of remote lessons, per se. And yeah. it's just part of the service, I think, being at a national club. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And that's that's similar to the way I operate out here. If anyone's got a, if I've got a relationship with, with someone there in a, you know, we're doing a program of lessons mm -hmm. and then in between time, they, they can't get to the range all the time and yeah. bits and pieces. So I want to see what they're practicing, see how they're doing and making sure that they're staying on the, yeah. on the right track. We don't, we don't, we don't want them faring too far away from the road, do we? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's the most successful pros, you know, as you know, keeping that only from a um, business standpoint, it's good for your business, but keeping in contact makes our job easier because we don't have to say they come back and they've overcorrected or they just aren't doing it, still haven't corrected enough and you can at least keep pushing them or nudging them along. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Kevin, give us a prediction for this year with golf. This year in golf, by who? The tour? Mm. Um, wow. Well, anything you like. 
Anything I like. You know, because I've, I've done a few podcasts now over here in the UK, and I'm going into Europe as well in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So we've had Europe win the Ryder Cup. Oh, America, uh, America is all about America. <laughs> I really can't believe you would have said that. <laughs> <laughs> now they're taking it serious. They let it go for a little while. And, you know, I listened oh, to the, yeah, I listened to podcast from Paul Azinger and it was just phenomenal talking about how he made some changes. And I think they followed a lot of the, to be honest with you, the Europe model of training the captains to work up through the system. And hopefully, you know, that at least, Keeps it exciting for the fans because that event obviously brings out a lot of spectators. And it's amazing from when I started in the 80s to now how much it's grown. So it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome down in uh, at uh, National Golf Club in in Paris. I think it's just going to be fantastic. So two good captains and hopefully two great teams. And we see some awesome golf. So and obviously Europe come out on top. Um, uh, uh, Any other predictions? (laughs) You know, it's good to see Tiger back playing golf, and, and it looks like he's playing well. Hopefully, you know, he stays injury-free. You know, anytime you have a surgery, something else is taking the the load for you, so it's always the possibility they can get hurt. But having him out does obviously generate a big buzz around the game. So I think having him around, and we haven't had him for three years, is hopefully going to get some people interested in wanting to get out and play a little bit of golf and, and grow there. Uh, I see that, you know, with the social media content, such as what we're doing here, podcasts and stuff, uh, students have a lot more avenues to try to improve their games versus trying to have to do it 100% on their own. So I think an instructional um, basis, we can get a lot better from our perspective and the student can get better from their perspective of have a lot of different uh, avenues for information. Yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. Now, you're not allowed to choose the your current facility mm-hmm. to answer this, even though it, that would be your answer. Mm-hmm. Can you give me your favorite golf course? Oh, that's a good one because as I play different things, um, I'm almost going to say that's a hard one because you're right here at Cypress Point. So that's always been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But I look back to where I was a kid. I shouldn't say kid. I was still in my 20s. I'm old now. I'm 50. So I got the U.S. Senior <laughs> I Open. I can't believe that. We need a recount on that. I can't believe <laughs> So Senior U.S. Open Qualifier this year, I, I signed up for that, and I actually got something in the mail for joining the senior, senior Scramble Tournament. I was like, oh, brother. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's getting there. But, you know, day in, day out, I've been in love with the TPC in Jacksonville. Just because you use every golf club in your bag and – with the wind and the, the conditions are never the same. And I just think mm-hmm. to me, I prefer to play something that's very difficult and challenging. And that's just fun to me for some reason. I mean, I don't, I don't mind getting beat up and I don't mind not scoring great. I just like to be challenged all the time. Yeah. So that one's probably my favorite to play. If I had to play one every day. TPC Jacksonville. Yeah. The Hazel team where I played the U.S. Ryder Cup, or not right, that's what the Ryder Cup was before, and I played the PGA. From an 18-hole standpoint, too, that was off the charts and the greatest fans in the world up there in Minnesota. So that one I really is a a dark horse sleeper that I could really have some fun playing, too. But if I had to play one every day, I'm going with TPC Jacksonville. Excellent. So as you're the guest of the day, you get to ask question of the day. So, again, golf-related. 
question of the day? Well, the question I would like, uh, you know, to say students, and, and this is kind of uh, where they won't give you an answer in a say, but just to make your students think is, what do you want to accomplish with golf? You know, do you really want to get better? Because, you know, with like your facility and all the things you can do for your students and clients, if they actually want to get better and they follow the plan, I think everybody, it's not that hard to improve. So the question mm -hmm. I would say is, do you really want to get better? And, you know, yeah. some people just play for recreation. Some people want to get real a lot better. So really it's up to them. And that was might be my big thing. Do you really want to improve or are we just trying to have fun and we can just bandage up some mistakes and get you playing better for a while? And that's cool. There we go. I think I got you back. Yeah, we got yeah you I back. got you now. Cool. That's great. And then uh, how can people find you on social media, Kevin? I know you're quite active yeah. on Twitter. And... Yeah. I've got Kevin Roman Golf on, the, it's on my Twitter account. And then just under Kevin Roman, uh, that's my Facebook page. I usually just post a lot of pictures, as you know, around here. Uh, just, if anyone's it listening never... to this podcast, <laughs> follow Kevin on Facebook. And <laughs> Once you get past the jealousy, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful spot you're at, Kevin. Um, yeah. And that's, is that Kevin Roman Golf on Facebook? Sorry. No, just Kevin Roman. Just Kevin Roman. And, yeah. Uh, it'll be under Monterey. You'll see my, if it pops up, whatever the headings and stuff, you'll see Monterey Peninsula and the director of instruction. Excellent. Kevin, thanks ever so much for coming on the, uh, for coming on the podcast uh really have really really pleased that you you, you came on you're you're the first person from across the pond that uh, uh, -oh. that, uh that i've got on yeah yeah you're ahead of the you're ahead of chris and jim <laughs> who i hope to get on the podcast that's the first and only time that ever happened <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully jim doesn't tell me off i'm sure he won't <laughs> he'll be here in two weeks so uh you, you got to come over he's coming out for about the third time we do golf schools here yeah. And uh, Chris just left about two weeks ago, and Jim's coming in in two weeks. So we're so when uh, how do people through. find out about your golf schools if they want to find out about them? They go on the Play you know, website or no? Nah, they they probably just have to email me or find something about that. And okay. So I can message you on Twitter or something. Pretty like much that. with the members only here. For... Okay. It's hard for for me to do that. Yeah. Um. You know, I'd love bringing in guests. Hopefully, you'll come over someday and do one with me. And, uh, I'd love to. you know, I've got Tony Ruggiero, the dew sweeper. He's coming in the end of, uh, end of June. So, I'm always looking mm -hmm. for uh, other instructors who want to come so they can always reach out by my email at kroman yeah. at mpccpb.org. And, uh, you know, I'm always open to have instructors out here to do some schools with them and, and, enlighten our members more and give them a lot more of the great information that's out there. Excellent. Kevin, thank you ever so much for, for, for coming on, as I've said already. And, you know, I look forward to us catching up later on in the year, if not early next year yeah. at the PGA show in Orlando. Um, yeah. I'm definitely already put that in my diary. So I'm definitely coming out to that. Awesome. Um, but I hope we can catch up before then, mate. Yeah. Bring the family and come on out. you got an open invitation. Thank you ever, ever so much. And that is on, that will be on social media so that we can definitely do that. There you go. <laughs>
There you go. <laughs> Kevin, thanks very much. And we'll catch up real soon, all right? Thank you for the call, Duncan. Have a great time. All right. Bye. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. Bye.